ODB. <laughs> say something. I'm not going to say anything. I played this for you, dude. You like it, don't you? I do like it. Uh, the vibe is a Saturday Night Vibe. You like it? Uh, yeah, I don't mind ODB. He's crunchy. It is. Well, I, I thought it more appropriate because a lot of times I try to like kind of lay out a sweet little intro or kind of <laughs> The music here. means something on this show. What does this mean? It's a Saturday night, which how often do we record on a Saturday night? Never. That First time, maybe. Yeah, so our guest today is privileged. He gets our Saturday night, you know, crack the egg. Uh, we're down here. Where are we at? Where are we at, Jared? Uh, <laughs> we are at your place that you My float place. around like Richard Simmons. <laughs> uh, in short shorts uh, And just happy as all get out We are at beautiful sunny Amsterdam Tavern on Morgan Ford It's not really sunny though It's always sunny in here It's little, It's always sunny in here It That's true It's a uh, what, what is it the, the Kelvin color Like this is uh, 2300 <laughs> yellow <laughs> uh, We're down at Amsterdam Tavern For the Soccer Dad Pod. Got a new episode here tonight. Uh, appreciate you listening. Really are kind of over, uh, over the moon with the support. You guys are killing it. Um, you know, all we ask, uh, since you're not Venmoing us any beer money, uh, just send an episode to a friend. That That's just as good these days. You know, Zach, um, that chubby son of a bitch, he, he, oh, every time we, we, we come in here, we've done six or eight, ten episodes here, he gets the Sando shop every time, and I kind of steal, like, fries and stuff from him. I ate the Sando shop tonight. Sando Shack. Sando Shack. Yeah. And I, uh, I tell you what, chubby people know where it's at. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's your Michelin three-star review, uh, Sando Shack chicken sandwich. You went with the you went with the standard, right? I, I did the the stock, uh, regular fried uh, chicken thigh, nice. delicious. Dark meat, can't I, go wrong. I don't. Well, let me ask you this: We talk about food often on the show. The last last episode uh, with Mr. Matt Betlock. Uh, we did a little pizza analysis, thin, thick, Detroit, etc. We got past that. Chicken. What's your preferred form, color, texture? I'm bone in dark meat all day, especially barbecued. Bone in dark meat. That's my jam. I'm with you. Now, uh, chicken wings. Drums or thigh? Uh, drums or uh, flats? I'm going flats. Flats. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, a quarter or a thigh? Thigh. Thigh all day. Chicken thighs. Oh, my. Uh, broiled or fried? Uh, I'll take them barbecued correctly. What? I like chicken thighs barbecued. That's our Matter of fact, it's my family's favorite dinner. The answer was fried, so you fail. No. no. All right. You can keep the fried fried chicken thigh. Well, let's let's uh, let's move the ball a little bit further down the field here today. Uh, as usual, we are going to express our gratitude towards uh, those that support the show and allow us to 
just kind of keep 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 the ball moving a little bit. Uh, Crescent Plumbing Supply, we've talked about them. I'm going to repeat it over and over again. Uh, you're going to fix shit in your house, and it's going to be a kitchen or a bath. Those those are the two most expensive rooms. Hit them up. They're going to help you out. You're going to stay on budget, and you and your spouse are going to be able to stay copacetic. And you're going to have cool shit. So they're, they're going to do that for you. So hit them up uh, for a little support. Axis, our newest partner, physical therapy. Uh, for all of us uh, soccer parents, or really just sport parents, you got anybody in your house, roll that ankle, pull that muscle, coming off a broken bone, you need the therapy, don't go to your doctor for a referral. Just call them. You can go in there. Save that deductible. And then Chris and Bill. My they're boys. Your, they're your boys. I love them. Um, they're banging it right now. We talked to them the other day, and uh, uh, inventory is super low. So if you're a home buyer, uh, they, they got a little secret sauce. They got a little tricks up their sleeve to help get you through that process. I think so. it's speed with, with these guys. I mean, I think that these guys can jump on things. And if you just simply go on their website and read their reviews, um, read them. Um, they work. Um, people are excited about these guys because yeah. they do a flat-out good job. ThePinnacleLoans.com, located over here on the hill. Hit them up. They're going to hook you up. Uh, which brings us to the Pinnacle Points of the Day. Which is really the pinnacle points of the evening on a Saturday. You're sitting there. You're thinking, "What well, you got, Jared?" Uh, my my my, get, my pinnacle point is uh, USA versus Uzbekistan. So you know, I I tend to think I'm probably smarter than I really am. So I thought Uzbekistan was kind of a European, you know, in the Russia area. And, and now, granted, they are just a little bit south of Russia, but they are more or less Middle Eastern. And first off, they are the they, most light-skinned Middle Eastern people I've ever seen. Well, they they technically qualify as an Asian, like yeah, Asia. for the World Cup coming up, they will come out of the if they qualify the Asian region. So we go. We um, you know, I kind of come in late because of the kiddos game earlier in the day. We get there second half. Um, we have our hammers on the field. I, I, for, for me, you know, this is all personal opinions. Um, but for me, that's one of a lot of those uh, cast of characters are for me the, 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 the best guys that we have in some of the positions they played tonight. Um, three nothing. Um, we score a penalty kick late. It was one nothing for a lot of the game. I think Uzbekistan had some very good chances, especially late in the first half. It was kind of back and forth. That could have been a different game. We take care of business. Um, it's fun watching our national team. Okay, so you you and I obviously attend uh, virtually every city game. We've seen the uh, exhibition games as well. Talk a little bit about the environment because I, I know that the head count uh, probably wasn't where the organi organizers would have liked it to have been, but how to feel down there because I, I didn't go. You you went. It's different. It's different from a city game um, on a Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever game nights those days those games are on. When that north wall, that north end, um, which is where we defended in the second half, does not have our supporters group in it. It is a completely different stadium. 
Um, and I don't, you know, like, I don't know if it's U.S. soccer, you know, uh, uh, with um, City. I don't know why they don't have that group in that stadium for a USA game. Well, and whatever other, happened to Sam's Army? So I was curious why it was a 4:30 game, I, and I get it. Prob- realistically, probably TNT, you know, a couple other orgs were involved in the process. Um, but 4:30, you know, it, I don't know. Whatever. We're, we're, we're what I will say now. is um, the Balkans treat lo- uh, treat box lager was. Just as delicious in the USA <laughs> game as the city game. Um, or our boys at Urban Chestnut, that beer is phenomenal. It is good. But, well, let me ask you this. Do you prefer it over our Wally's Light Lagers up here at Amsterdam? I like them both, but I think I am uh, I'm now at this point where uh, I'm hard-headed. Desert Island, what are you taking? I'm going back? Balkans. Really? Mm-hmm. Balkans is just so good. I like it. All right. Uh, my pinnacle point of the day... Um, I miss Zach. I'm just gonna say it. You know the 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 intros. Um, we've got this little like uh, three musketeer thing that some people have alluded to. Um, because when it's just me and you, it tends to be more off the rails. Uh, you think he's Steve Martin? If you were picking, I don't know. I think I think the th- so out of the three amigos, I don't know. Line us up. Who's who? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's the it, smart one. Let's just simplify it. Well, so then he's not Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm not talking about the jerk. I'm the wrong movie, dude. <laughs> no, my, my, my point is for the show, uh, he's going to listen. I, I just want to give him a solid uh, digital hug through his speakers. Zach, we miss you. Make sure you don't do this again. Um because we're just going to keep putting these uh, shows on your tab. How's well, that? and then secondly, I think it's important for him um, because it's been Grady, 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 um, his, his 14, 15-year-old son who, who's playing at a very high level. Um, he's got a, another younger son that's playing, and he had a 4 o'clock game today. And it was important for him, his wife, and I know he had a lot of fun there, and I know he wished he would be here, but, yeah. you know, he's checking boxes, and, and good for him. All right. Well, let's wrap this up because I, I want to get to our guest because I'm sure he's got opinions about soccer and St. Louis and kids and beer and all those things. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to roll us into a quick little break. And when we come back, guest of the day, and we're going to punt it off. You ready to do you know, we've had a whole bunch of Granite City jerks on here, and now <laughs> we are also doing um, kind of the Missouri kids via Michigan and vice versa. Why do we have this clout from Michigan? Who the hell is Michigan? There, You know what? I mean, there's a whole bunch of soccer seeds that have been spread up north. Yes, there has been. And, and those roots have taken hold. So we are definitely going to talk about that. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm we're excited. Out. We're going to get some more Wally's Light Lagers up here at Amsterdam Tavern. Um, And we'll be right back with our guest of the day. Thank you for listening. Give it a share. And we'll see you on the flip side. Make your 
Zach here. I love my kids, really. And when my kids have a knock, a sprain, a tweak, I like to get them back to 100% as soon as possible. I also hate deductibles. I get it. But now, in Missouri, I don't have to waste any unnecessary copay after my child rolls their ankle because now I can go straight to a PT. No more pediatric visits in a germ-infested lobby waiting for permission to go to a physical therapist. Axie's Physical Therapy has 19 locations from Glen Carbon to Winsville and specializes in rehab, especially soccer rehab. So instead of burning a couple of needless hours and cash going to get a referral, take that bump or bruise straight to Axie's. Go to axiespt.com for more info and feel free to Venmo me your half the savings. Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really? As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. Oh, baby. We're back. Needed to cleanse the palate a little bit. There's only so much old, dirty bastard you can take in one sitting. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got him for a couple hours here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, We are back from our break. Uh, The Soccer Dad Pod. Getting ready to kick it off. Got our guest sitting here. Uh, he's got he's got a Wally's light lager in front of him as well, um, and he's actually he's on number two, so I think it's uh, it's passing the sniff test is what it seems like. Can we give Shine and the boys some credit because they've really done a service for our area region in general, and and even those assholes up in Pontiac, Illinois. Urban Chestnut has brewed a <laughs> beer. It's a light lager called Wally's for our listeners. If we all, if you guys are always hearing us say Wally's, and if you're out in Fenton and you're leaving the soccer park and you're going home to throw some steaks on the grill, go grab a six pack. Get a six pack of Wally's light lager. You'll you'll thank us later. Yeah, it's good. So here's what we do. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna introduce our our, our friend, uh, our guest of the day, and we're gonna talk about beer and soccer and probably a couple other things. Uh, today we have another St. Louis kiddo, uh, a Desmet Spartan, who now resides up in the Great White North of Michigan, <laughs> like like so many other St. Louis transplants right now. Uh, we got the Mister Joe Ahern, man. How you doing, Joe? Great, great. Thanks for having me. This is a treat. <laughs> Do you, treat. So define treat. Is he patronizing us? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, no, no, it's it's like t- Wally's. You know, it's the. You know, this beer is like the player on your team that you, drives you nuts 
for a couple years, and then when he graduates, you're like, man, I miss we him. only had Wally. You know? I, lo- I love you, man. <laughs> uh, keep, keep the mic a little close there. So, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, thanks for joining us, dude. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I want to talk a little bit, of it, just real quick out of the gate, because in the break, uh, you st- you made a comment, and you were like, uh, I'll, I'll let you tell the story, but it was basically like, this totally changes my opinion of this show. <laughs> so ex- expand. So because Jared was outside. So t- 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 tell us what went through your head after the intro and what you're thinking, man. It's not bad. It's not a bad. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking a booth. You know, I'm thinking notes on the table. Um Chicken sc- scratch handwriting, maybe yeah. uh, the Wikipedia page open, and all this research, <laughs> and, no, and we're just gonna crack open a Wally's, and and we're gonna go, and we're gonna go. We have no format. Um, that statement has been said multiple times, and this is kind of like the Wild West a little bit. I mean, you have to, you know, this is you want to go outside and do a duel. Um, that's that's how we do it. Yeah, keep keep it simple. I uh, I'm really excited about this one because it's one of those things that uh, our lives were parallel for a long, long time, and we didn't really cross paths. Uh, and then there was a period of time here in St. Louis on kind of a pass through for you and a retu- return for myself, where you, you know same circles, same friends, which is so typical, you know, of St. Louis in general. Uh, but within the soccer community even more, you know, and now, and then that, that spread out again and you took off and uh, I've been doing my thing with my family and now here we are again um, through uh, your, your down in town because uh, let's talk real quickly about your current role and why are you in town and uh, what's, what's cooking on, on the current job front and then we'll go backwards later. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, Right now, I'm the, the director of college recruiting for the Michigan Jaguars, um, and I also serve as the head coach of their U13 and U19 MLS Next teams, and we play Lou Fuse tomorrow, so my son Charlie and I drove in this morning, caught the U.S. game. Um, That's fucking awesome. Here. Yeah. How different, I mean, when you said that, kind of an aha moment, J- JB says it all the time. You're coaching U13 and U19. Do you have to wear a different hat to each training, to each game? I mean, how different are those age groups within a MLS Next Academy? Is that coaching 13-year-olds, 12, 13-year-olds, and 17, 18, 19-year-olds? Very, very different. And for somebody who's new to this scene, I was in the college game for... 20 years um, and, and this is my first go around and so all of it's new uh, I'm a bit a fish out of water a little bit but just keep bringing the energy to training um, providing an environment for these kids to just ultimately I want them to be excited to get in the car and come to training that's going to look a little different for a 12 year old versus yeah one, one group's driving to training the other group is getting driven to training <laughs> this is true this yeah, is true it's very very different um you know i thought about that too because i mean that's bookings typically in a lot of these clubs you'll have coaches that might have multiple teams that are like back-to-back ages so there's a certain amount of transition 
but you 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 put bookends on this thing. Um, and we'll we'll dig more into that in just a little bit. I'd like to kind of set the table a little bit for the listener, though. You know, just the background, your history. Uh, talk a little bit about where you grew up. Your, you know, what high school you went to because we're in St. Louis. So if you don't tell us what high school you went to, uh, you know, and, and talk about your path a little bit for in those youth years, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, Baldwin. I grew up in Baldwin, Holy Infant Parish. Wow. <laughs> Holy Infant. I love it, man. These these names are just killer. So that were, um, who's your buddy that was the goalie at um, uh, SIU? I oh, think, uh, Ed Gettemeyer. I think Gettemeyer was a Holy Infant guy. I I believe so. You know Ed? You know the name? I know the name, yes. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's another Baldwin guy, too. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, parish. Yeah, yeah. Where you're from? St. Louis High School. Um, who who was your who was your club in the early days though? When you transitioned, Levy. Levy. Levy Soccer Club. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my coach was Denny Hattigan. Okay. Um, whose son Brian and I were real close friends growing up. Great guy. Uh, yeah, and he, you know he went to SLU. Um, I went to Paul about seventh grade. Our team. A chunk of us moved to Bush Soccer Club, and I was at Bush for a year. Uh, Denny Haddingham was a coach. Jim was Bokern. he just smoking cigars the whole time? Denny? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, he never let him. He just chewed on him. He did. It was weird. He was like, so the thing that Denny gave me as a kid, like spirit, energy, competitive. Like he used to train with us. Um. He would have us run hills. If we lost the scrimmage at Parkway West Junior High, we'd have to run the hills. As you're, you know, I, mean, I like Denny so Hadigan. He, he, he was the type of guy that would call a spade a spade. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he didn't sugarcoat really anything. No. You and everybody had a nickname. Everybody had nicknames. So in some shape or form, you felt like um, he cared about you. Yeah. You, you know, he, he really did. And, and um and I appreciate that about Danny. You know, he—that's what he gave me. And then um, you, you rolled out of there into your early, your Desmet kid. Um, talk, talk about some of the players. You know, in in that gap here locally that you played with. Um, you know, that, that that drove you, that inspired you, or, you know... At that, DeSmet? Did yeah, you play yeah. with McKeon at DeSmet? Was he, he was there? older than I was. I did not play with him. Okay. Um, Chris Klein. Okay. Craig yeah, 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 Chris Klein. Um, and that's who I was thinking. I said McKeon. That was the wrong name. But it was... It was a powerhouse. Um, just being in those training environments with those guys. And, and, and to be honest, I, I wasn't on varsity till I was a junior. You know, I wasn't the the player who made varsity as a freshman but you know two or three nights a week in the well, summer shit, we'd go not up many to did at no no they didn't they really didn't and yeah. um, um but just those summer evenings playing at the smet with those guys i learned so much and a handful of them were also in the scott gallagher environment so when i after that one year with bush um I transitioned over to Scott Gallagher and a lot of those a lot of those guys we trained with, you know, Chris Klein, Craig Corbett, Tim Leonard, um, yeah. the Moriarty twins, Kalish, mm-hmm. um, all those guys. A lot of times Vader and Tommy would just combine us and 
We would just be at Chaminade High School and just roll the ball and let's play. (laughs) What what a group of just established, um, highly decorated players. Blast. Well, I mean, because in, in the position that you're in now, I mean, how much does your experience during those years and the things those coaches did, um, how much does it influence your style now as a director at the club? Uh, does it influence it? You know, what are some of the things that you've carried forward, if you are, that you're applying to these these kids today? All those coaches that I, I'm blessed with the coaches that I, I grew up under. And I thank my parents because they weren't soccer people, you know, but they put me in environments around soccer people. I mean, some of the memories I'll never forget with, with Danny Hadigan or Jim Boker or Gary Renzing is just going to a slew game and they take me to the Billiken Bench Club afterwards. I think it was on yeah. band event or something, yeah. you know, yeah. and you see all the pictures of these these players on the walls and you're, you're just dreaming, you know. And the one thing they all did for me was they they created this culture, this environment where, and I hope to, to bring to my current players that – I can't remember a day where I wasn't excited to go to training, mm-hmm. but in the same breath, it was challenging. Yeah. I didn't start on every team. I didn't play the same position. I didn't. So they, whether they knew it or not, for me, they struck that perfect balance between providing an, an environment where it's a little bit uncomfortable, where I had to like grow and stretch, but at the same time, I couldn't wait to get into the car. Like, I'm packing the night, Friday night, my bag's packed to go to, you know, we got a game on Saturday, you know, and it's just, I'm ready. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of it. So how, how hard is it in today's environment? I mean, obviously you have kids that are in the age, you know, your son is in 08 playing at the academy as well. How hard is it to try to create that environment in which the kids are constantly motivated or excited? Um, you know, because the thing is, you know, we've talked to so many coaches on the show and they all have their method, you know, but the one thing that I'm really curious about, you are a parent with a child in the mix that you're kind of overseeing at the same time. How much time do you spend in trying to focus on that that enthusiasm, that emotional connectivity to the road trip, to the game? You know, how, how do you balance that? How do you manage that? Great question. It's hard. How do you cultivate the passion? Yeah. Yes. yeah it's, exactly. It, and, you know, when we were growing up, I, I practiced two nights a week, not four. <laughs> right. So that in itself is you, you only had two a week. It's not like every day you wake up, you have a training, and you're like, I just get to the next one. You, you only had two of them, you right. know, and then a game on the weekend. Um, it's hard. I Honestly, I'll, crazy that you say it. My wife's a fifth grade teacher, Katie, and in my new role, I find myself learning more, having conversations with her. How does she manage a classroom with all these different personalities? How do you connect with each one of these kids? You have some kids that are extremely driven and far along in math, and you have others that want nothing to do with it. And how do you in a classroom, create an environment where each one of them is moving forward. <laughs> and they can all be successful. Exactly. Which translates to your day job. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so so let's extrapolate this out a little bit further, um, you know, because you're, you're not 
at a typical club, you are at an MLS academy. You have certain expectations, you know, on yourselves as a staff, and then not only the players who want to compete at the highest level, but then you have these parents that are actually, you know, supporting and financing this process too. You know, what what do you guys do that might be different or that might be your a little bit of secret sauce or do you have it in communicating to parents uh, you know their role in that too because just much like your wife as a teacher she has to keep the kids engaged but she's got a room of 25 or 30 kids and there's a there's a spectrum you guys have the same thing so what role do parents play at your club you know and how do you approach kind of keeping that triangle tight between the club the parent and the player a lot of communication and I lean on the parents a lot because ultimately the, the kids are getting the messages at the dinner table so if I can use the parents to reinforce my messages and again the messages with the U13s looks a lot different than the U19s you know with the U13s really I'm just teaching them how to train you know every day you show up let's let's be productive with this 90 minutes. Yeah, Tim Leonard said it. He, he, he at that age you're you're establishing a um, you're 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 somewhat establishing a um, a level that is an expectation and we need to become this level at 13 14 years old right. to where this is what we expect. And, and that's exciting and, and but it's different for the the 18s and 19s because at that point they already understand the level. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and it, so it's my goal when these two, three years from now, wherever they may go. And that's one of the philosophies of our club. We're not hiding our players. We had nine players that we lost to MLS academies. That's something we're proud of. As a coach, yeah. the competitive spirit, you get frustrated because you're like, well, we got it. We have a really good team, and we just lost two or three of our best players. But that's why we're in this. Yeah. We're in this to help kids go where they want to go. And ultimately, we want players in our club that want to be in our club. So if we're as transparent as we possibly can, and they're choosing us for the reasons we provided, great, great. Well, I, I think you you have a pedigree, too, and a resume in which, you know, uh, where I want to go with this, I want to talk about your experience with U.S. soccer uh, because you were there. You worked there. You were with staff. You were with the U, uh, U-20s for a period of time, uh, a number of other camps. Uh, so real quickly, tell our listeners a little bit about when you were with U.S. soccer and kind of what your role was because what I want to try and I want to. I want to ask you questions about that experience and the players you were with, and and, and tied into kind of your mo today. Sure. Yeah, I want some dirt. So like, we're going to be all PC <laughs> on here, and we're going to talk about this. But U.S. soccer in the late '90s, early 2000s, which yeah, we really yeah. had some good things. I have some explicit, maybe not explicit. I I have some questions that you may or may not be able to answer, and we're going to talk about them. <laughs> so, yeah, so when were you there? What were you doing, man? 2001, January, U-20s. It was a world championship year. Uh, there were... The world championships were in Argentina. So, so for our listeners, and I know the timeline, that's like Landon and DeMarcus. Correct. 
Kyle Martino, yep. Edson Buttle, Kenny Arena, um, Brad Davis yep. was in yeah. that group. We've uh, heard of him. Uh, <laughs> it was exceptionally Some of the Mount Rushmore guys in our national team program were in that 21 World Championship group. It, yes. And you were the your role, you were the kick guy, right? Yes, I was the kick guy. So let's rewind like six months because you both are dads. Um, I graduate from DePaul University and I have a... With Aaron Barrett. With Aaron Barrett. Correct. <laughs> Who is now what, the Adidas rep? He's, he, yeah. He's up in the Northeast not returning phone calls these days. So yeah. I'm, I'm if we share enough dirt this on, this, <laughs> on this podcast, maybe it'll come out from that. Yeah, that yeah, rock yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I graduate and, you know, you graduate from college and you get a job and it's supposed to pay the bills. And whether you like it or not, it's a job and you have a degree. And I grew up in a fairly middle-class family and I my father worked in construction and I grew up and like a job you're not really supposed to like you know it's just like so I'm selling internet service and I'm making pretty good money um, about three months into it and but I hated it like I couldn't wait till Fridays came and yeah, get out I, I found myself as much money as I was making I was spending it just to like make myself whatever go out to restaurants or go to a bar well, well, you, buy clothes. You, you were still living in Chicago. I was living in Chicago. Stayed up there. I yeah, stayed yeah. up there. Yep. So, so U.S. Soccer Federation, Aaron, close friend who you know, and he's the kit guy for the first team. And he says, hey, the U-20s are looking for an equipment manager uh, for the next six months. It's $50 a day and no health <laughs> benefits. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm in. Who the hell needs <laughs> health in. benefits at 21? <laughs> yeah, yeah so then, as you're traveling around the world, yeah. eating, you know, subpar foods. And so, <laughs> I mean, this phone call happens late October. And I couldn't get out of my current job quick enough. So I go in and I say... Was your dad and mom like, you're fucking nuts? My, <laughs> my dad was like, what? <laughs> You're quitting this job to make $50 a day to be the equipment manager for the U20? And I'm 22. And I'm you, fairly young. 22, 23. Yeah, so and I'm you're like, Dad, what size shoe you wear? <laughs> like, I got you. <laughs> well, again, you know, he's from the mindset. It, yeah. A J-O-B is not, you don't necessarily have to like it. It just yeah. it brings an in income and you take care of your family. It's what you do. Right. Where my mom was like... He's excited about it. Let him go, you know. And, you know, after those six months. Thank God for moms. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, I he, you know, again, it's it just. But in that six-month run, I'm making $50 a day. I had more money in my bank account because everything's paid for. You get yeah, all the Nike yeah. gear. Yeah. Yeah. And I, didn't, I was happy. I loved my job. I was working 28 days a month. But I absolutely loved it. 12-hour day. And I'm like, this well, is awesome. Uh, all the boring shit aside, all the $50 today, you loved your job. All right. Let's talk about the players. <laughs> okay. At that hey, age Joe, group. You met Jared. At <laughs> that <laughs> age group. Let me group, introduce you guys. I mean, like, being pros and, and, and starting their career, and the game is really taking off financially at this point, too, for these players that are in these groups. Um, I mean... 
who, who's buying jewelry? Who, who's the best dressed? Who, you know, like who's 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 the ladies guy? Who, who yeah, because like, you, you were you, these guys. That's what I want to know. Yeah, you're in you're in a time frame in which there's a tipping point in players. Yeah, you know, in the growth of the game, the explosion of the U.S. players. It, you know, who are some of the players in those early camps that you that you saw come up into the pipe? fill the pipe and explode out of it. I mean, the two are Landon and, and Bees that, yeah. that everybody talks about. And Jared, to your... They weren't quite there yet um, to that point where they're buying jewelry. And when I transitioned to the first team, um, and my first experience with them was for in 02 for the World Cup where Aaron and I went and then I really saw it. Like, yeah. I, that... that because these guys are are doing well for themselves and the neat part was they're pro athletes but they weren't so noticeable where you couldn't go into best buy and everybody's like oh there's lebron or like yeah. you know not i mean they're awesome guys and they were had great careers but not everybody knew who ernie stewart was or not everybody knew who you know well i also think for our listeners um uh, and never got to experience that side of it. But, like, you know, you're in your early 20s. These guys are in their early 20s. And you're, you're the kit guy. You're the equipment guy at, at the 20s. And then you are with the, then you matriculate up and you're the first team guy. Just so everybody's aware, the, the, the kit guy, the, the equipment guy, is thick as thieves with these players and like (laughs) so like like i mean like and i can't speak for landon or demarcus or any of these guys other than here's what i do know um they have their families and their parents and their siblings and then they have their coach who they have a certain amount of fear and they have the discipline aspect of it but maybe their tightest guy i mean you know probably more about these guys than anybody because of how close and tight-knit i mean they leaned on you for everything did they not a lot yeah so anytime we went on a trip i was given a hotel room and they cleared it out and then we put folding tables around the walls and then that was my equipment room so guys i left my door open all the time Mm -hmm. i wanted them to feel like they can come in and hang out and invent and and it was safe you know and and i'm that was my job. I'm here to serve you guys. I also had to serve the staff. So that was, to your point, it was challenging at times because you have to look out for both, right? You know, it's the staff and the players. Well, let me let me let me ask you this though about those years because you you've you've elevated throughout the years. You, clearly, you, you you've got a tremendous coaching career already under your belt. Uh, I'm really curious that your interpretation your take in those early years coming out of DePaul you played you played you know high level division 1 soccer you you know you saw a lot you move into US soccer uh, you are working with you know some of the most iconic names in US soccer i want to ask you a coaching question and that is and it's it's a themed question on our show when you watch these guys train and you watch them play and even in the locker room, etc., talk a little bit about what it was about Landon or Bees or anybody else that stood out to you as far as like a characteristic, as far as that guy's got it. You know, can you describe it beyond the statistics and the starts? 
What did you see in those players that for a kid listening, you know, like, oh, my God, I, I would not have thought about that. It was off the field. Yeah. It was off the field. I mean, I share the story with young kids. All the, We're in Korea, and these guys are putting their flip-flops next to their bed every night. So if they have to get up and go to the bathroom, they put on their flip-flops. Because if you kick the bedpost and you bruise your toe, you're out. You're out. I mean, every detail off the field is what prepare them to be successful on the field, how they ate, how well they knew their body. For me, that was the biggest eye-opener um, in terms of just the level on the – of course, there there's things that they could do. Uh, John O'Brien, like, the things that he could do on the field were – most of these guys, they're not putting alcohol in their body. You, you know, it's just it, how they treat their bodies and how they go about their business off the field is what allowed them to be so successful on the field. What 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 about the competitive side? Who 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 in that crew, like, you know, you're going into war? Frankie Hadick. Really? Oh, what? Like, why? He, what what would he do that was, uh, you know, stood out to you? Well, first thing. He was always first in the fitness test. Always. Freak, fitness-wise. Um, second, I don't care if it was training. I don't care if it's a walkthrough. I don't care. He's going hard every single play. Now, what, what I loved about Frankie is... Would, would, would he blow up teammates in training? It, it, honestly, it wasn't with his... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would lay guys out. Yeah. But the cool part was, he was the first one to pick them up. Everybody knew that Frankie cared about them as a teammate he's just playing hard every day and he threw those actions who else was pablo mastroni really oh hard as nails like these guys go into every play every training with this competitive spirit they didn't want to lose any tackles and if you were in their way sorry but everybody knew that they cared about them as as teammates and Pablo and, and Frankie, they're picking you up. Frankie actually and Burhalter were really tight. Really? Yeah, they probably still are, but they, they were. So let me ask you this then, because I want to transfer this line of questioning into your role today. How much of that experience in watching the best of the best and what they would do off the field, in the you know in the luncheon, uh, and then in training? How much of those characteristics? You know, do, do you have a method in which within your club that do you talk about those things or you look for it? Do you go to the kid? Do you address it? Or is it something that just the, it stays amongst you and the staff so that so as not to, like, get in the kid's head? You know, what's that crossover between the U.S. team experience and now within your own club? I'm fortunate because I saw what it looks like at the very highest level on the mm -hmm. back end. So if we can give these kids some information and some tools that will help them yeah. navigate that process. So with my U13s, two weeks ago, we were in a local tournament and I sent a an, an itinerary to the parents. And these are some things you need to think about, okay? The boys have a game at noon. They should be eating breakfast at about this time. When they get up, go for a 20-minute walk. Yeah, get the blood moving. So I'm sharing this with the parents. So now on Friday night, they're having these conversations with their 12-year-old and say, hey, Coach Joe sent you this. 
Are you going to get up and go for your walk? What are you having for breakfast? It needs to be, can we help guide them? But ultimately it needs to be driven by the individual. You know, here, here's the information. Parents can help guide. I can provide the information, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I have to circle back to the World Cup. We like so you went to all of the USA games, of course. I mean that's a dumb question. Did you go to any other games? Oh, yeah. Where like, can we talk about the refing in that World Cup? Like, and I don't like want to get involved in the refs, but that was a big George, deal. George is listening, um, and he's already like. I mean that was up. a huge deal in that World Cup with Korea beating Poland and Italy and Portugal and there were some very questionable games with how the refing took place. Were you aware of that real time? No. You weren't? No, I just know that we beat Portugal 3-2 and I started to go celebrate and Aaron Barrett's like, get back here. The whistle blows. He goes, get back here. We got work to do. And I'm like celebrating with the guys. You know, another notable thing about that World Cup. boring. Barrett. France wins in the 98 World Cup. They scored one goal in the group stage and didn't get out in Korea. Yeah. They didn't even get out. Yeah. That That's an amazing stat to me because France in the 98, in that late 90s decade, they were so dominant. And to lay an egg like that, that's amazing. You know, um, you know I kind of circled back to the World Cup because I'm just enthralled with it. And like that experience, I'm envious of you. I mean, how much fun was that in your life to be able to – Hang out well, with that team and, in Korea and for a fucking World Cup. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't that the first uh, split World Cup too? Wasn't it? Like Korea, Japan, maybe. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it was. I think I'm it was blessed. the last golden golden goal World Cup too. It was yeah. absolutely the last golden goal World Cup. Where what the new format is now. Well, let's do this. Let's walk out to a quick break here. Best memory from that World Cup, not associated with the game. And was it sake? <laughs> Related. <laughs> or karaoke. It was karaoke. But no. The, <laughs> is this before the break or after? This is right now. What was, well, I mean, the food was delicious, was it not? Um, or no? No, the, the food was good, but it was all, so you got to remember, this is not too long after 9-11. This mm -hmm. is. Within yeah. a year. Yep. So all the food, it was a controlled environment. You know, yeah. there was, ironically, when I was over there after eating team meals every day, nothing tastes as good as just a McDonald's cheeseburger. Oh. You know, because you're like, I haven't <laughs> had this you for are a in the, month. You're <laughs> you in know? the home of sake and sushi. Oh, and, no, it was just, you're and, like, and you wanted just a get quarter pounder with cheese? <laughs> um, oh my God, we had one really? day off in Korea. One day off. I got to... One day, answer your question, and then I got enough. We had one day off, and we got to choose. You can hang out at the hotel, just relax. Two, they a Chinook ride to the demilitarized zone. Oh, wow, in Korea. Korea, yeah. 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 And a Chinook, helicopter. You know, were you married, or did you have a girlfriend at no, the time? No, I, Katie were and you? I were dating, um, but... Um, Jared just shelved his second question <laughs> in real no, time. No, right. um, and then the the third was a round of golf. Okay, and a round of golf over there, at least at the time, was all day. Like, it's not you roll up and play eighteen hole. It's yeah. you play nine, and then you do balasaki. You, you have lunch. You get a massage. 
Really? And then you played the back nine. And now, again... Dude, I'm making a tea time tomorrow. Wait, so... Let's go, dude. This is 9-11. Yeah, so they shut down the course for us. I played with Clint Mathis, Eddie Lewis, and I think the fourth... might have been Dave Sarkin was the our foursome. But... Oh, Clint Mathis. They gave from us... From Atlanta, right? He was Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was... He had the Mohawk on Sports Illustrated. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. It, And so he scored was goals fun. in that World Cup. Yeah, he did. Too. A big one. Yeah, great. Yep. So... Yeah, like that was, I mean, so that, based on those answers, what do you think I chose? Oh, <laughs> Golf. Uh, you probably went to the DMZ. Golf. Golf. Uh, yeah, he said he played with Clint, so we knew the answer. He kind of teased it. But uh, was the True. golf course worth a fuck? Beautiful. Really? And they gave us caddies. So each of us had a... Did you offer the caddy a pair of shoes? No, but... Were they I, all wearing Yankees hats? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> crazy enough, they're all females. Um, and I always... So just to give you a little insight into my golf game, for me, a good round of golf is if I finish the round with the same golf ball I started with. That, that, that's I could, be, a good I could, that's I could good shoot 120, I mean, but if I, I still have the same golf ball, like I'm doing all right... That, I mean, I was hitting the ball all over the place, and she was, she found it every single Dude, if I can get past four holes with the same ball, that's that's a great round. That's hey, phenomenal. I mean, that experience alone, I mean, that that is just so wonderful. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to roll this out with a little eight mile. We're going to get some refills, and we're going to come back, talk a little bit more soccer. You down? I'm down. Cool. You down? I think we got to do the pizza question with this dude, too. Uh, he's been up there a while. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. he'll have an opinion. He's probably going to be in your camp. I hope he is. Because, <laughs> yeah, let's go. We'll All right, let's do it. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be right back. See you. Poor little baby sister. She don't understand. Sits in front of the TV, buries her nose in the pad. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? How's this whiskey? Drum harder. Hit them harder. <laughs> I love that story, dude. I do love that story. That's one of the better stories that I've gotten out of you. <laughs> well, you don't listen to the rest of them. You're pretty self-absorbed when we chat. <laughs> hey, can we do a, um, for our friends on the west side of the state? Um, oh, my God. Uh, Are we going to go there? Sporting Kansas out there in the strip mall uh, went ahead and dropped the game even, tonight. Wait a second. It's not even a strip mall. It is literally a parking lot. 
Sporting Kansas out in the parking lot dropped a game to Miami tonight. Um, what was the score? I want to say 3-2 uh, with a messy-less Miami. A messy-less Miami. And was that the their, soccer capital. Wait, wait, wait. The soccer capital of America, their team... Lost to Miami without Messi. Yes. And is that, like, how could they not, like, is the, the tear that that gentleman's on, how do they not win that game? Uh, because Messi's not playing. Um, actually, you know, no, you know what? Look, here's the reason why SKC lost. It's SKC. Start and stop right there. Sporting Kansas, yeah. um, Joe, you've been you've been a you've been a listener. Um, how do you feel about the whole Kansas City soccer capital? All of that nonsense. Does it just? Do you sit back? You don't strike me as a confrontational individual, but whenever that city talks about soccer prowess, what goes through your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Say uh, I rolled this no in more. with a, I rolled this in with a little more uh, Bob Seger, little Michigan, Detroit okay. boy, right? You know, because yeah. you're, how long have you been living in uh, Michigan now? Since nineteen, two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. So February I moved there. The fam came in August. Okay. But then we had the pandemic. So D- did you move there specifically to help out with the Michigan State job? Yes. That was okay. the, that, that's why we moved for that job. So real quick, give us a give us a timeline. Uh your college resume. Uh mm-hmm. coaching, assistant coaching, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh post US soccer. Uh, where were you? You know, what was your role? Kind of, kind of walk us up the ladder mm-hmm. uh, to the Michigan State job. Okay. U.S. Soccer last trip was 2003 Confederations Cup in France. Okay. They told us they're moving the equipment operations for U.S. Soccer out to California, so I had to make a decision. Do I go? Is that Chula Vista? Carson. Carson. Okay. So they moved. The equipment operations piece of U.S. soccer out to California, and they needed answers. Are you moving in your role? And I'm like, I'm not moving to California. Fifty dollars a day in California is not no, good. No, at, this point, <laughs> at this point, I was full time. I was full time, but uh, um, yeah, good point. So, and Check, my please. wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was probably like. You know, are, we, are you really are you moving to California for an equipment operations job? Um, <laughs> yeah. So they ask you the question, and she's sitting across the table, just yeah, staring. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh my do God. you what have you? any coaching licenses? Uh, I do. At this point, uh, in, in the move in the early two thousands. Good question. Yeah. So, all of them. I, I, I earned my A while I was at one of the perks at U.S. Soccer was they would cover your fee for your licenses. So Wonderful. while I was in equipment operations, I pursued all my licenses. That was smart. Oh, hell yeah. Congratulations. So, thanks. Yeah, so um, I earned my A, and then I'm not moving to California for to be an equipment guy. That it just wasn't what I wanted to do, and and that's when I got into coaching. So this Where's was job three. One? Job one was uh, part-time at DePaul University, my alma mater. Nice. Um, 
they trained at 7 a.m. in the morning. Had to because of facility stuff. So we trained at 7 a.m. Had to make ends meet, and then I was a uh, handyman at a local parish till 2 p.m. Then got my Honda Civic and drove out to Naperville, nice. Illinois, where I was a youth coach. So just piecing together oh, jobs. Okay, so you yeah okay. Where, uh, were you living in Lincoln Park? Where were you living at that time? Um, yes, between I think it was actually Wrigleyville. To be honest with you, okay. You know, we talk to these coaches, um, uh, uh, multiple coaches on this show, and you know, I envy you guys that have done this. That 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 it's clearly your passion, and almost everyone to a man or woman, um, those times in those early formative years for you when you're, you know, training with the Paul, when you're. Um, doing your parish duties and, and, and as a handyman but then when you get in the civic and you drive out to uh, naperville to coach whatever club it is it makes no difference what it was was that your sweet spot was that just being with the kids and the families and, and training young people is that your passion yeah player player development people development leading um yeah, that's awesome. those are all I didn't realize it at the time. I just knew that I didn't want to sell internet service. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I, I really enjoyed the uh, connecting with the, and, and soccer was a big part of my life, you know, for most of us as we grew up in St. Louis. Like that, that's. I, it, no, I mean, it, it, all this shit comes full circle, and it's funny how we all land back on the game in some facet. You made it your day job. You know, we make it our passion, yeah. you know, with yeah. the show. and through our kids it's just one of those things like I, w- I i i didn't tell you this but i was i was on a uh a phone-in radio show in tampa this morning with the um the heart guy yeah 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 nice uh and they were talking about hey we want to talk a little bit about a high school versus club and st louis soccer and the soccer capital debate and you know and it was it was really short it was like 10 minute conversation with these guys down there and it wasn't hard. It's just what they asked question like, well, you know, uh, what are some of the players or what's the environment like? And for guys like us, like, it's just, it's in our blood. Second yeah. nature. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's, let's go back to, you go to DePaul, after DePaul, let's name drop some schools or your time periods. What, what's your path up to this point? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, DePaul to Colgate University in okay. Central New York. Yep. Oh wow, yeah. And, and in they fact, that Stroud, too. Stroud, one of the St. Louis City players. Pretty sure that's yeah, where Jared he went. Stroud. Yeah. Jared, he went to Colgate. Now I wasn't there when he was, but um, and then back to Missouri to to lead Missouri S and T as nice. a as a head coach, Division Two. You guys, have, the, the, you, you, and when you were there, and I know this, and kudos to you, you guys were a very, very competitive Division Two, highly athletic. Um, you guys were playing multiple games against Division One schools around here, especially in the spring seasons. And and the reason you were getting those games is because of how competitive your program was. Okay. So and it was also because he's from Desmet. <laughs> you know, you know. Because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's it's one of those things. 
the thing about a lot of uh, uh, guys like yourself and the other coaches that we talk to that do come up through these pipelines, your Rolodex is not a normal Rolodex. You know, because the expansion and, and, and the uh, outreach of coaches that are all over the place that are guys that you know. It's all sure. one mm-hmm. it's all one degree mm-hmm. separation. Yeah. Right. So after S and T you uh, Northwestern University in Chicago. Uh, that's roughly about the time that I think we were talking down here. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Correct. Well, I hate purple. Yeah. Oh, purple's Collinsville. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> Go ahead. That was the only purple in my closet. <laughs> um, and then after Northwestern, Michigan State. Can, can so, we talk? Can we talk specifically? Um, because we've had uh, we had Damon on, um, who I believe was your boss at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, can we talk about DeMartin? Can we talk about that university? Can we talk about that facility and just that gym and the culture that happened even before Damon and he kept it going with you and his staff? Uh, what does Michigan State mean to you and, and, and the history and the culture of that place specifically? It's special. Yeah, it's special. And Damon, I mean, there's only been two two head coaches at Michigan State, right? Joe Baum and and Damon. Who really? I think was really? Damon's dad's buddy. Right. And and Damon's dad coached you. I mean, think about just the, all the similarities here, man. It's awesome. I, I mean, I was really curious about the Michigan State years because of Damon being there. And then, uh, you know, you as a kid, his dad coached you, you know, in your youth years. How special was it, though, to be part of that program? And, you know, was it... You know, was it locker room just fun or no? It was Damon. I mean, he's a byproduct of that. That era, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he he bleeds green. Every decision Damon makes, everything he does, is in the best interest of the Spartans. Whether it's his staff, whether it's his players, he's he cares. Yeah, he cares, and you can't replicate that. You know, you can't, like, he lived it. I mean, he, he, every single, and players and, 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 like, that, that, our colleagues know, know Damon, because he's just, he's easy to get along with, he cares about people, but at Michigan State, he is just, it's like him, Izzo, Mel Tucker, you know, I mean, he's one of the guys, and even when I went through this transition, um, I've been in the college game for 20 years and decided to make this transition, he was so thoughtful in his conversation with me and just asking me critical questions because he cared. He's like, okay, think yeah. about this, think about that. And I'm like, can, I was really appreciative of that. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Can, can we, and JB had referenced that he wanted to go down this road and, and I'm going to help set, set it up. Um, your role specifically at Michigan State, um, how involved um, which I know it was greatly involved, recruiting. Can you talk a little bit about recruiting the college athlete? And for we have a lot of parents that listen on this show, and I'll let JB kind of maybe second on this question or, or, or take us down this road. But recruiting um, specifically, what does that mean to you? And then, and then, you know, how involved were you in recruiting when you were with the Spartans up there in Lansing? Very. Yeah, I was, I was in it. Um, 
every stop I had, that was a, a big piece to my position. Recruiting coordinator, um, whether it was Colgate, Missouri S&T as the head coach, Northwestern, Michigan State. And it's something I took a lot of pride in. A fun, a fun stat that to share is over my 20 years, there's only been two student athletes that left the institution that I recruited them to. That's a transfer. flipping. Oh, wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and I think conveniently it was before the stupid transfer portal. Uh, little, <laughs> yeah. But but <laughs> but kudos when kudos are due. That that that's an outstanding stat because we played. Um, we have had friends that played, and oftentimes people leave universities. And to have that stat, that's that's nice job. Well, I as much as I'm proud of it, I there is. I lost more recruiting battles than I won, but I was never scared to do the work. Yeah. And well, it was let, something I didn't want to take a shortcut in doing. So so let me just peel that onion back a little bit for uh, the potential player that might be listening, the, the, the parents that are listening. Um, you, as a highly experienced recruiter, when you go, when you recruit, when you're looking at a kid outside of the soccer, what are some of the things that you're looking for? You know, when when you think about the institution that you're at, you know, what are what what are you looking for to make the decision easy to want to have that conversation? Or what are or what is a must have? Character. And I can I can see that on the field too um, by their manners off the ball and I spent a lot of time watching kids wait, wait, wait a second ball. okay so I'll ex- extrapolate there when the ball's not at their feet totally so we can all go to the field yeah. and yeah. we can see who can who's technical like who can make a pass who, who has a decent first touch I can look online and see who scores goals what I'm watching is who's helping their team when the ball is not at their feet. Because in a 90-minute game, how many minutes is that ball at your feet? Yeah, or the ebbs and flows of that said game. How many difficult times are when you're on your heels in your body language and how 100%. you react and, and how you communicate and the things that happen when the going gets tough, when it's not, hey, I sent a guy in to a special kid who played a really good ball in and scored. Well, everybody wants that. How does that kid react uh, when it's difficult? Yeah. So, so, so let, let me, okay, uh, halftime, right? You're, you're recruiting. Uh, everybody's in their position. The game is flowing. Ref blows the whistle for halftime. Mm-hmm. Kids start to go off. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. What are you looking for in that moment or the pregame? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, p- paint a picture of some of the things. What do they do? Do they jog off first? Are they first back on the field? No. You know, what, what, are you, what are you looking for, and can you describe Body it? Body language type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Are they connecting with their teammates uh, when their coach is speaking to them? Are they, are they looking them in the eye, or are they throwing their hands in the air? You, you know, are, um, when the ref, I mean, this is in-game, but if the ref blows the whistle, like, 
very much a next action. The rep blows the whistle and it's not a call they like. I get it. We're are all they competitors. Vested? Yeah. they like, okay, move on now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I need to find guys who have dealt with some adversity in their life before they get to college. Because oh, if absolutely. they've had no adversity, then it's going to be a very in the fucking ex- Big Ten. Exactly. And that's so you're playing great. Your coach benches you. Are you quitting? Are you leaving the team? You know, um, let me. I'm going to ask you a completely just a sidebar question, real quick. How do you feel about players at any level having AirPods in as they're warming up, or, or you know, in between? Yeah. During a game, because I've been during a game. Oh yeah. Personally, I'm not a fan. If it, if it was a warm-up, you know, have, you know, I'm not. It's a, it's I'm a not lame checking question, them off but, the list but, if it's but, a pre-game. But, but if it's in-game and you're like running through cones in the 60th minute, warming up, that might be t- like. Do you really need those I, AirPods I, I, to get yourself a, ready it, to get in the game? Well, let, let, let me I, look. I know it's a lame question, but what I'm really trying to do is go to the ridiculousness of. You know that you know paying attention and connectivity and awareness, um, and those kids that get it. You know, you talk about Pablo Mastroianni earlier, and I, I can imagine that he never had AirPods in. Yeah, yeah, y- you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and these kids today, they are filled with social media mm-hmm. and 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 device and activity. How do you manage that? Because part of your job right now is yeah. also who's on Instagram, yeah. who's on TikTok, who's yeah. on Snap. What what's that like for you running, you know, and, and being a director at a club like that? Yeah, we we're educating the kids constantly. Like this is your billboard. What you like, what you share speaks volumes of who you are as a person and player. And that stuff's really important, you know, especially for someone who's when you're at a Michigan state where culture is so important. And I believe cohesion is the multiplier of skill. Like if you can bring a bunch of guys together and keep them together and build that cohesion, you're going to be better every year. You're going to get better and better. And better yeah. And better. That's what I, and there's other theories, but that's just my, Player development, culture development, people development. So you got to find the right guys that fit that that culture. And a lot of times through the recruiting process, I'll vet guys by asking them, are you up for some feedback after I watch them play two or three times? And they'll say, sure. And then I'll tell them where I think they need to get better. And then I'll, what's their response? If it's, well, coach played me out of position. Or if they're like, thanks <laughs> well, for the... Well, I'm th- a nine and I was at the two. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if, but if they're, hey, thanks for the feedback. Right. Uh, I appreciate the feedback. I'll work on it. That, that to me feels like a kid that wants to be coached. You know, he's willing to hear in this recruiting world everybody's told they're great all the top players like let's find the ones that want to continue to be coached who, who are the guys <laughs> so 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 let's transition or how much of it is uh and sorry jb to cut no, it no, go how ahead. much of it is especially in the big 10 world 
those same kids that were told to be great, who can we come in? Um, because I think now in today's climate, these kids with these high development academies, um, they're dealing with a d good deal of adversity. But what kids could come in that, you know, sophomore, junior, senior could really help our program, but also be able to come in as freshmen and deal with the adversity and be mature enough to be able to deal with said adversity and then understand the process and the culture and the program to where we can get them to sophomore, junior, senior. Because when you hit on those kids that are three, four year starters, you know, that's easy. But when you get the Big Ten first team conference player their senior year, but really didn't get time till junior and senior, that's got to be gratifying. Were you there with DeAndre Yedlin? No. He was at Akron. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was but he but was Michigan at, he State was played him. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't at Michigan State at the time. No. Yeah. But, okay. But you make a great point. And that's, that was my, I mean, five different programs. I had to identify players that were going to fit those programs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for the families and the the players to understand that so much of this the adversity piece that you you spoke of mm -hmm. may look different at a michigan state versus saue versus slu and, and it's for everybody it's different speaking of saue you're uh kale 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 those guys they're doing pretty well yeah <laughs> what what are they what, what 18 18 yeah right yeah they're they had a, they had a big win against Brown, you know, against Slew in the Bronze Boot. First time, forty-two years. years. Forty-two years. Forty-two years. Congratulations, Kale. Yeah, yeah. And the Cougars. I mean, that's phenomenal. Forty-two years. They they get the win. I mean, I that, think that's, that's cool for. So I watched the that. game. What eight thousand at City Park? Uh, minimum. I I heard that they were in excess of twelve. Okay. Yeah. How awesome is that for college soccer in in St. Louis that yeah. that you have this rivalry, yeah? And I I think it's awesome. I mean, it, how cool is it for the St. Louis players and kids to witness it, to go to that game and see are college you, soccer are, in person? Are you and Kale and uh, Damon? Are, did you guys have a group text that oh. night at eight thirty? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and, you did. Did, did I get a? Did I? Did I hear a? Fuck yeah! yeah. Well, I I texted Kale the next day. I'm like, I bet that uh, Budweiser and Bob Seger record are going down really well right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I tell you, like, I I love college soccer. Uh, I love it, it, it treated too. me well. Um, I, I, like this time of year, I miss it, but it feels a lot different watching on TV than it does on the when you're. Oh my yeah. god, as you would expect. Well, you know, I'm like you're just gripping on every play. With the Big Ten it, Network and ESPN Plus, we're fucking just not watching it on TV. Uh, you know, I mean, awesome. it's phenomenal watching early season games on networks where you can actually see the games. There is not a night that don't go by at my house that I don't have a college soccer game yeah, on. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny because a year ago he was like, I don't watch MLS. I don't watch soccer on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you literally said that. Yep. And now it's like, I, I was... I watch every game. I was trying to get a hold of him the other night. He's like, dude, leave me alone. I'm watching uh, Missouri State and... Uh, Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the highest level... I mean, 
It's the highest amateur level in our country. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so. Yeah. Exactly. Let's. Uh, here's where. Here's where I want to go with this because it's it, it's a recurring topic and it's a hot topic, really across the country, and this it, this applies to kind of the road of development and pathway and you having so many years of experience and uh, running programs and recruiting and now you're on the uh, academy side you know at the club level uh, what I want to talk about is the whole cl- club in high school the environment and the shift and uh, just get your take on because you, you know you played at Dismet you had you had a blast you know, you, you, uh, really, really good teams and a lot of people in the stands. And now you're on the sideline with the clubs. Um, Explain the climate in Michigan, too, because I think it may be different than St. Louis. Real quick, we have a, uh, a fan that's wearing a Sporting KC hat. <laughs> hey, thanks for paying for our tab with the Sporting KC hat. There we go. Uh, I, I want to get your take on high school versus club. Uh, just in today's environment, you've listened to the show enough. Yeah. So talk about where this is going, what what the, the role of club is and, you know, high school. And, you know, because everybody always says, well, the, the field goal is, you know, the, 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 the goal line is all moving. You know, is it 1%? Is it the 5%? You know, what's what's your take on the situation right now, and what do what does high school need to do, and what is club doing? Oh man, the the I don't know where it's going. I just know that both can be, as it stands right now, viable options for anyone. I, I there's no there's no handbook on how to if you're speaking specifically to playing college. There's no handbook to say okay. Step A, step B, step C. For every player, it's going to be a little bit different. Well, you know? let's start here. Let's start here. Let, let, and then we'll matriculate down here. So, and I like JB's question, but let's 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 take it. He likes know. it, but he's going to put another one. No, in. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just so kidding. you played at Dismet. Your path was your path in a different era. What's going on right now in Michigan? as far as the high school soccer game in Michigan. Is it the same or way different than it is currently in St. Louis with high school? Do your kids play high school soccer at the Jaguars? No. You mean the MLS kids? Yeah. yeah. No, they can't. Okay. Yeah, because of the league. I right, mean, the league. They can't. Like, so, but... What Is that I can- a hot-button topic there? I wouldn't say it's hot, hot button. Um, I, or, I I think we're a little jaded though because high school soccer here. It is. It's different. Is it's different. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm trying to extrapolate. It's different, like, and like, that's where I'm. There's me. no handbook. There's no. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Well, how about this? You let, let, look. You love the Jaguars. You're not going anywhere yeah, for yeah. a while, right? Uh, let's say that you, you know, Damon all of a sudden's like, you know what, I'm going to go take Jimmy Buffett's job down in the Keys. Joe, come run MSU. Mm-hmm. You're MSU. <clears throat> As the head coach, you're directing your recruiting process. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? Where are you going? You know, because, because you're in the weeds, you know. How, how are you going to manage that process? Here, here's where high school... 
the uphill battle for high school, it's the same season as college soccer. It's very difficult yeah, for the Robesons of the world to leave their team in the fall. Right. The Joe Aherns, the you name it, the Kale Wassermans, the Kevin Kayla, to go watch kids play because they're in the thick of it with their their own teams. When high school's over, college is over. So Thanksgiving, for some guys, early December, if they're lucky, their season ends, where do they go? They can't go to high school games because the season's over. So some of it's just lo- pure logistics. Um, yeah. the, the other piece, yeah. too, is... Back in the day, they went to the Tampa Sun Bowl in December. Now they're going to Palm Springs and Phoenix yeah. in early December. Yeah, and you know who would come to our high school games? Anybody who lived within a three-hour drive, you know, back back in the day. And that, yeah. and there was no club games to go to. So um, it, it's just different. Everybody's... I can't express it enough. Everybody's journey, everybody's path is just how a little bit different. How important is it for parents with kids that are motivated, that want to play at the next level, how important is it for those parents to do the work, to help with video, to help with the emails, to, to help with the research? You know, Because that's a big part of it that is you know, more often than not, not talked about. Because it's almost like this, like, uh, kids on a club, they go play, and we're expecting the club and these games to have staff there. What's the parents' role in your eyes? Or phrase it this way, which is the same question, but just from a different angle. When you were at Michigan State recruiting a high-level Big Ten player, how much of it was the kid was so good that nobody had to do nothing? Or is the kid and the parent involved quite a bit in what JB's asking. Yeah, they're, well, again, it's it was relationship driven. It doesn't right, you right, don't right. go to field 8 and say who's the best player? Let's get in the Michigan State. It's, it's for, there are guys at the Michigan State roster. It was an 18-month process. And you just get going and going and at some point do they fall off the cliff, or do you fall off the cliff? I mean, there you just are those stay families with and it. people. And I know it's not an exact science. Are they contacting you first in that early eighteenth month deal, or is that you guys reaching out in that both. early both? It's a relationship. You you don't want to feel like you're doing all the work, or that they're doing all the work. Two to way break street. It down, it's a two way street. It one hundred percent. If you're not a transactional program, like yeah. some programs are like. You can play, get here. If you can't survive in three months, well, you're out. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. You know, but at Michigan State, Northwestern, the, the stops that I have been, it was very much driven by the culture, the relationship piece. It was less transactional. College soccer has started to evolve that way with the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to be able to keep up. But um, yeah, it, it's very much, it, it's a give and take. It's fascinating with that transfer uh, portal. When when these universities, some universities are really using that and some aren't because they're more culture-based and they're recruiting 17, 18-year-olds. That's a fascinating um, conundrum for me, and I can't wait to see what the next however many handful of years, especially since we have kids that are in high school, um, I, I'll be anxious to see how that dynamic plays out moving forward in the college landscape. Me too. Yeah, me too. I, you, you know, all of this is just like, it's a labyrinth. 
You know, because you you have, you know, you 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 obviously are sitting in the catbird seat with you know a son that's in the academy, and you know you've got the Rolodex and you understand. So there's a lot of embedded coaching in your own home within the process. But you know, I think about all these families that are like, God, you know, I don't I don't know, right? I don't know where to go. I don't know. And I love I love the responses because it's this thing where you know don't don't feel defeated based on your club or your high school like that doesn't really matter. No, it's it's all these X factors, and are you going to do the work? Yeah, it, and, it is a lot of work. And, and then if the kid has the character, you know that's, that's for Joe Ahern. You know, <laughs> yeah, for somebody right, else right. it might be. Can he score 30 goals in a U18 season so I can yeah. put it on my website as a top top recruit? You know, that for it's subjective. You know, every coaches value different things. And ultimately, as a family, you, you just want to find a program that values what your kid has to offer. Damon mentioned that. That was funny. He said that sitting at this table. He said, you know, a lot of times I wish it was like golf. And your kid shot a 73, and your kid shot a 69. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to take the kid that shot a 69. Right. It is it's one of those things like with <laughs> soccer because you, you can have a 1-0 game or you can have 22 1-0 games, and you'll have you know 90 or uh, 89 and a half minutes in which players don't score goals, but they're valuable. So how do you measure them? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's the – well, then I think That's, it goes back to that culture, fitting the program, yeah. being able to toe the line, all the things that, like, uh, I would imagine at S&T and at Michigan State, not because of the divisions, not because Michigan versus Missouri, maybe a little bit to do with the educational side because Rolla is a high-end educational institution. You're, cr- you're recruiting different kids because it's fitting the yeah. mold, if yeah. you will. You got it. So I would go to work camps, Northwestern camp, Michigan State, and I'm, who are the engineers when I'm at Missouri S&T? Give me my math. Give me the, where are the math and science guys? Yep. I'm going to find the best math and science soccer players, and I'm going to use a camp environment because the NCAA allowed me to to cultivate a relationship over three or four days and say, nice. you should come check out campus. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, mean, you, I, I be, mean, like they're not, you can't all, there's 300 kids at camp. They can't all go to Northwestern or Michigan state, you know? So how can I find those, yeah. those engineers and you're spot on. So if you're a family and you're navigating this process, the advice I could give you is you're, you're, you're sitting at the dinner table with your kids. You're like, okay, where's your dream school? Ding, 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 ding. This is gold, uh, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Where, where's your, what's your dream school? Let's put a list of dream schools. Well, I want a big town. Okay. Hopefully you have an infrastructure of family and coaches that can also help you create a fit school. Like, yep. this is where I kind of see you fitting in. This level or an institution like this. And then you have your safety schools. So these are the schools that are reaching out to you, and they they value you. They 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 rate you as a person. They rate you as uh-huh. a player. Maybe they're not your dream school. And now you start to navigate. You can continue to pursue those dream schools, but don't shut the door on the fit or the safe. Just and just be honest. Just say, hey, my dream school is dream fit safety. That's it. 
Well, it's funny because, uh, I and that. I know we're, we're beating this up, but um, for me, um, somehow in my remedial peanut brain, 17, 18-year-old deal, and I guess my parents helped me. Not, I guess I know they did. Somehow I ended up at the right spot for me. And it's all about being at the right spot. And, and I just hope that everybody can end up at the right spot, but it's not realistic. Right. Yeah. Joey. Appreciate your time, dude. Oh, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. I <laughs> uh, hope we didn't twist your arm too hard, you know, to make you come down to Amsterdam after a U.S. game and have beers. What a weekend. Yeah, a little... Yeah, I mean... Tell I had Jason Aldean last night you did Jason with my Aldean. oldest. Then you did Frankie. U.S. soccer. Then you did Amsterdam. And then tomorrow you're going to do Academy Games. And then your mom's probably going to do your laundry. And then <laughs> No chance. <laughs> Is your checkbook smoking right now? <laughs> I got to well, buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, this has been a lot of fun, man. Obviously, we're going to be crossing your paths because the boys are going to be playing each other. And yeah. uh, we'll be up in Michigan often, so we'll definitely hook up again. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to talk about pizza. He's a St. Louis guy, and he's a Detroit oh, transplant. Yes. I would be kicking your ass if we didn't talk about this. Can we go down the pizza road? You set it up. Yeah, re real easy, dude. Thin crust pro Provel or eight-corner Detroit style. Eight corner. Oh, he's a guy. <laughs> I, I don't I, even I, live I, in Michigan, and I'm eight corner now. Hey, people. So listen. I know. I know we're on an audio podcast, but Jared's face just lit up <laughs> like the sun. So happy. It's so fucking good. Well, there's there's different. There's the floppy thin, and there's crispy thin. Like sure. the but the eight corner. Is always that crispy, What's caramelized. The best? Is it Green Lantern? It, it is. You know that crunch when yeah, you, it's you so dig good, into dude. that. Is it Green Lantern in Detroit? What's the best in what, Detroit? What's yours? Jeez. Uh, uh, in in your neck of the woods. Yeah. What? I mean, the bat like Jets is pretty good. I mean, the Michigan <laughs> Jets pizza. <laughs> nice. The Michigan nice. people might be like, "What?" Like yeah, they, they you like know. It. But I'm like, for you, me as an outsider, I'm like, I got time for Jets. You know, you, you're going to be getting some phone calls from <laughs> some parents that are going to be like, "No, no, no, Joe, no, no." Here we go. Really? We got all this. that, and it's Jets. <laughs> uh, oh my! So all right, we, brother. One thing. So we come down. I'm playing at DePaul. We play slew. I'm like, we got to get this pizza, St. Louis. We get emos, and all my buddies are like, This is garbage. This is like cheese whiz on saltines. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, You've been talking this game all they'll, they'll learn. Yeah. They will learn. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. But I love it too. But yeah. I think I'm going to the I love it. I said it first here. I think I'm a Detroit guy you on are. the pizza game. You are. You, you, you are a Benedict Arnold. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, thanks for joining us, yeah, man. Really appreciate it. Keep we'll, it going. We'll be seeing you on the road here shortly. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining me. Zach, dude, miss you. I was excited Jared. to meet I was excited. Dude, the questions would have been much more intelligent. I mean, I'm over here stuttering and <laughs> calling him chubby and all this other shit. Yeah, we, we, we have a hard I mean, time. I'm sorry. We guys. have a hard time pronouncing things when Zach's not around. Yeah. Uh, we're on our way out. Hey, 
Uh, Axis PT, thanks for the support. Crescent, uh, keep fixing people's kitchens and baths. You guys. Do they do work in Michigan? They they do. It's a national company, man. Oh, we got we got a person. Let's go. You need a person. I, I need the, my master you. bath. Has, oh, it's time. Let's go. Uh, and then Chris and Bill, man, you guys over at Pinnacle Loan Group, thank you. Uh, apparently, the Pinnacle points of the day are spilling over into some of our friends' normal conversation. So it's working. We'll charge you more next time around. So uh, <laughs> thanks. Jared, as always, man. You're welcome. been a pleasure. Yeah, dude, I, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Jared. Uh, we're on our way out. We'll catch you guys next time. Uh, appreciate the support for the show. And we'll see ya.